We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Club Stormdar, where we love to talk about the weather. I'm your co-host, Corey, and here's your other co-host, piano extraordinaire, Rando! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stormdar Lounge. No, okay, enough of that. Hey, it's Mother's Day. Well, yesterday was Mother's Day, at least. It was hot. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I was looking, everybody, we kept talking about... You know, it's, it could be the hottest Mother's Day on record, and we could go in the top five, and I can't really find much about it. Do, do you know if we actually broke a record? I don't think so. I think uh, we came close. All I know, it was hot. I was outside a lot, so I was hot and sweaty. I didn't even hardly look at the temperature to know I was uh, uncomfortable, so... Yeah, I mean, I took my mother out. Uh, she likes to go out and eat. I don't, something my mom and dad would always do. They'd love to go out and eat. I'm, I'm, I don't really go out much. I just cook stuff for myself. I right. don't have time. And uh, so once a year, we get together on Mother's Day or her birthday. We haven't completely decided yet uh, which one. <laughs> we have differences on opinion on that. I take her to a nice, you know, steakhouse and had a good time. And well, good, yeah. So what'd you do? I headed to Oklahoma, got up very early on Saturday morning because I, I spent Saturday with uh, my mom and then Sunday with my wife and kids. So uh, we went there on uh, Saturday, came back here, had a cookout uh, next to the pool in my backyard. With a snake? Not ready to swim yet. I got rid of the snake. Oh, so oh I, I haven't seen a snake since I put down the snake repellent. Gotcha. Which smells like peppermint, by the way. I think that's all it is, really. I could probably just crack, crush some mints and get a gas station do the same oh, trick I for much cheaper but a uh, bunch of lifesavers here that's my favorite peppermint lifesavers i could suck on those people say it doesn't work but i haven't seen a snake since there you go so there you go or it could be the bat or it could be i don't know you got wildlife everywhere well since place. they shocked the pool i haven't had near as much wildlife oh really as opposed as the to the frog pond i had before so here's the big question are you enjoying the pool I haven't, we haven't, it's not ready quite yet. Oh, it's not ready quite, okay. It's the correct color, it's clear, the levels are still being balanced, Uh so sometime this week, I'll let you know for sure next week. pH and that kind of thing. Yeah, you got some acid, you got, we're still kind of monitoring it. They come out from uh, Branson the Pool and Spa here in town, they come out every few days and, and, and measure it and do whatever they need to do. I'm not, I'm not pool savvy, this is my first time. Yeah. So, but the kids, have, I'm, I'm kind of to that point where if they don't get to go swimming soon, I'm probably going to have some issues uh, mentally because they, they, they constantly ask <laughs> they're, 15 they're, they're, times an hour. They're pool people, water people. Well, they are for sure. Especially well, my four-year-old. Well, like like we just said, the the weather has been unseasonably 
warm. And what happened uh, weather-wise is this huge area of high pressure, which we usually see in July and August, kind of set up shop over, eh, well, almost over us. And it just kind of sat there and it festered and it festered. And, uh, you know, we had some clouds, just a little bit of those pop, you know, the, the, the type of weather we're experiencing, you usually see in July. Yeah. This is May. Yeah. You know, we get those pop-up storms that usually dump a lot of rain. We haven't had a whole lot of those, but, uh, I think possibly we may be having a pattern change coming up to where it might, might, the temperature might get a little cooler on us. Not, not cold by any means, but no. a little more comfortable. Yeah, that high is just now sliding down to the south uh, southeast of us, and we've got. I mean, unfortunately, when it winds around a, a high pressure system in the northern hemisphere are clockwise, so when the high is east or southeast, it's going to continue to pump up some moisture. But we've got another system that's trying to break down that ridge, and I think it's finally going to succeed uh, later this week. Our rain chances keep going up and going up. And uh, something that uh, the Storm Prediction Center just got really excited about, and I saw earlier today, uh, they uh, put a mesoscale discussion, an MD out there, and said, uh, yeah, we got a chance for some thunderstorms. And within 36 minutes, they popped a watch, and thunderstorms started just exploding. Now, we're talking about southeast Kansas, northwest Missouri, central Missouri, Springfield, in Joplin, we're not in this watch, but right. it goes till 10 tonight, so we got that. But well, the they definitely popped, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Criteria they said uh, 75 mile an hour possible gusts and hail to two and a half inches. That's wow. that's pretty intense, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and with that high pressure, you've got Cape, uh, energy, which we talk about quite a bit, and uh, yeah, rain chances, I think, are. 30 40 percent uh, go you know they're they're greater up north for Branson's like 30 40 percent and the clouds look pretty cool I'm yeah. seeing some multi-level uh cloudiness out there we've had that for a while now with every 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 day we've seen some pretty neat clouds uh going back to this past weekend mm -hmm. uh the further west I drove the wind just got worse almost hmm. knocking me off i-44 the closer I got to Miami Oklahoma really and my wife uh, who was there the day before, said she couldn't hardly even stay on the road. It was so windy. Of course, they were under a wind advisory on fr last oh, Friday. that's right. Yeah. Saturday or not, but I tell you what, it was pretty windy out there. So, uh, And you're in the flatter area, Miami, in that oh, yeah. kind of flat. Absolutely. Yeah, we never get that here in Branson. The hills and everything just kind of well buffers, you know, the friction and stuff. Wind and spring go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You know, every year we're going to have some wind. So I was used to it, but I tell you what, it was so strong over there, you could barely stand up. I like wind. Not not really strong wind, but I like it. I mean, okay, think about in August when you have absolutely no wind and the sun's beating down and there's nothing to cool you off. But uh, I like wind until I'm going somewhere with my wife and her hair, she can't stand it because her <laughs> hair's standing on end and she, I, I hear, all I hear is that wind. Well, it's not not good for the gals, but if you're like me oh. and only have half a head of hair, yeah. you know, it just it, it, it problem. Hey, did you see that picture I posted? My my that was amazing. Megan, she got a double parhelion, which is a sun dog. It's a sun dog, and uh, many times you see one of those things. Uh, the sun dog will appear on the left side of the sun or the right side of the sun, and 
rarely you'll get them on both sides. And that was just a fantastic picture. It was a great shot. I'd never seen one in person like that, but I've seen, I've seen some pictures. Yeah, and the conditions, the sun has to be just at that right angle. Yep. And, uh, you know, you got to have the cirrostratus clouds, the high ice crystal clouds. And uh, were you saying that, that technically it can make an entire arc around there? Yeah, it there? can, technically. I've never seen it. Uh-uh, do that here, but if all the ingredients are there, you, you you definitely can see that. But you know, we take what we can get here. We I get a sun dog. I see a sun dog every few weeks or so. But oh, you do? Top, yeah, I need to get out more. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of people asking online. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, allergies. Oh, the allergy index. Wow, hasn't that gone up? That. <laughs> I've been seeing were trees. I think I heard uh, one of the TV guys say the other day that uh, the the last, oh, what is it, the willow tree? One of the trees is the last in the line to start blooming, and uh-huh. they're doing that now. So once that one blooms and gets over, then the tree pollen will probably go down. But everybody- I hope so, because the, my truck that I park outside of my garage is just yellow every every day now yeah and my white car changes color to green to yellow to all this but but anyway uh that's you know the hot weather is doing that and people keep asking online uh you know what do we think the is the summer going to be extra hot this year is it going to be cool or whatever and i know the past few years we'll have like a hot june or july and then all of a sudden the temperature will tank in august and it'll be like spring again so uh, I have been looking at the Climate Prediction Center. They put out uh, one to three month, um, you know, 90 day forecasts of what they think is going to happen. And it, it says we're above average on all of this. So yeah, I don't think it's slightly gonna be... above or highly above average. Yes, slightly above. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds I, about right. I don't think it's going to be a, an excruciating summer by any means. I think we'll have a handful of 100 degree days but nothing so nothing out of hand i i I just hope uh the rain can keep up that's what i hope me too me too got the rain gauge out there it's ready to be filled up those those past two uh morning systems that came came (laughs) came over last week i i was excited to go out and see the first one there was just maybe a drop. Yeah, mine was wet that's about it yeah in the bottom (laughs) my home one was wet my work one didn't even get wet at all and we're only wow. a quarter, quarter of a mile away, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, apart. So, well, in that second round, mine didn't even get wet. Huh. So, I mean, and and I know a lot of places did. We watched radar, you know, get these storms. And the funny thing is, these are what we call diurnally driven. Uh, the heat, you know, sun comes out, heats up the atmosphere, and you get these little pop type right. things. And and a lot of times you can't forecast those; they just kind of appear, and they're brief. Uh, they bubble there's, up, and there's no rhyme or reason where they're gonna appear. Yeah, you can't you can't predict where they're gonna happen, and they usually don't move very fast. Yeah, and they don't they don't last long. But man, if you get like in July, if you get under one of those things, and it's you got a lot of cape, a lot of energy, that thing can go up, and it could possibly turn severe for a brief minute, drop a ton of rain. I remember uh, I was working for Yakov Smirnov, and I believe I was on bus duty that day, and we were greeting buses and. We got under one of those, and before you knew it, we had water in the parking lot that was knee deep. Whoa! And that would have been in, in August of you know 2007, somewhere around there. But man, uh, it was just a pop up, is all it was. Yeah. And I got home, and evidently it was a big enough pop up storm to get to my house too. Five inches of rain in 
way less than an hour. So that wow. that's the fastest time I'd ever recorded five inches of rain in my life. Yeah, those things they can dump. I mean, you get all this moisture and they go up. It goes up in the sky, and all of a sudden it just unloads. And I bet you that ten miles away probably didn't get anything. Right. Absolutely. That's that's the crazy thing with these. And we're kind of seeing those now. I mean, the you know going back to the SBC, the that boundary uh, is kind of trying to push that northwestern edge of that high pressure system in, and uh, we're getting some instability. And uh, that's the reason for that severe thunderstorm watch today. It's just just getting nuts. You know, and last week we were talking about the, the tornadoes that dropped, the EF0 and EF1 and, and stuff. I didn't realize a lot of people don't understand what the F or the EF stands for. Understandable. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of throw them out there like, like everybody, everybody knows what they are. And we had a couple of people ask, what exactly is that? So I decided to make a weather school specifically on the Fujita scale. So let's get to that. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. We've just learned that a tornado that struck last night was labeled by the National Weather Service as an EF1. Is that a weak tornado or a violent one? In 1971, Dr. Theodore Fujita introduced the idea for a scale of tornado winds. With the help of his colleague, Alan Pearson, he created and introduced what came to be called the Fujita Scale in 1973. This is what the F stands for in F1, F2, or F0. The official Fujita scale category is determined by meteorologists and engineers after a ground or aerial damage survey, or both. And depending on the circumstances, ground swirl patterns, weather radar data, witness testimonies, media reports, and damage imagery, as well as pictures and video, if they're available. A newer scale was publicly revealed by the National Weather Service at a conference of the American Meteorological Society in Atlanta on February 2, 2006. It was developed from the year 2000 to 2004 by the Fujita Scale Enhancement Project of the Wind Science and Engineering Research Center at Texas Tech University, which brought together dozens of expert meteorologists and civil engineers in addition to its own resources. As with the Vegeta scale, the enhanced Vegeta scale remains a damage scale and only a proxy for actual wind speeds. While the wind speeds associated with the damage listed have not undergone empirical analysis owing to excessive cost, the wind speeds were obtained through a process of expert elicitation based on various engineering studies since the 1970s as well as from field experience of meteorologists and engineers. 
The scale was used for the first time in the United States a year after its public announcement, when parts of central Florida were struck by multiple tornadoes, the strongest of which were rated at an EF3 on the new scale. The new scale takes into account quality of construction and standardizes different kinds of structures. The wind speeds on the original scale were deemed by meteorologists and engineers as being too high, and engineering studies indicated that slower winds than initially estimated caused the respective degree of damage. The old scale lists an F5 tornado as wind speeds of 261 to 318 miles an hour, while the new scale lists an EF5 as a tornado with winds above 200 miles an hour. This is found to be sufficient to cause the damage previously ascribed to the F5 range of wind speeds. None of the tornadoes recorded on or before January 31, 2007 will be recategorized. Since the new system still uses actual tornado damage and similar degrees of damage for each category to estimate the storm's wind speed, the National Weather Service states that the new scale will likely not lead to an increase in number of tornadoes classified as EF5. Additionally, the upper bound of the wind speed range for EF5 is open. In other words, there is no maximum wind speed designation. Now let's delve into the Enhanced Fujita Scale Categories and their definitions. First is the EF0, which has wind speeds of 65 to 85 miles per hour. EF0s are considered to produce minor damage. Surfaces may peel off of some roads, some damage to gutters or siding, branches are broken off of trees, Shallow-rooted trees may be pushed over. Confirmed tornadoes with no reported damage, like those that remain in open fields, are always rated an EF0. Next is the EF1, which has wind speeds of 86 to 110 miles per hour. EF1s are considered to cause moderate damage. Roofs are severely stripped, mobile homes overturned or badly damaged, loss of exterior doors, windows, and other glass is broken. EF0s and EF1 tornadoes are considered weak tornadoes. Next is the EF2, which has wind speeds of 111 to 135 miles per hour. EF2s are considered to cause considerable damage. Roofs are torn off well-constructed houses, foundations of frame homes shifted, mobile homes completely destroyed, large trees snapped or uprooted, light object missiles generated, and cars can be lifted off the ground. Next is the EF3, which has winds of 136 to 165 miles per hour. These EF3s are considered to produce severe damage. Entire stories of well-constructed houses can be destroyed. Severe damage to large buildings such as shopping malls, trains overturned, trees debarked, 
Heavy cars lifted off the ground and thrown. Structures with weak foundations are badly damaged. EF2 and EF3 tornadoes are considered significant tornadoes. Next on the scale is the EF4, which has winds of 166 to 200 miles per hour. These are considered to cause devastating damage. Well-constructed and whole-frame houses completely leveled, cars and other large objects are thrown and small missiles generated. And finally, the EF-5, which has wind speeds well over 200 miles per hour. This is considered to cause incredible damage. Strong-framed, well-built houses leveled off foundations are swept away. Steel-reinforced concrete structures are critically damaged. Tall buildings collapse or have severe structural deformations. Some cars, trucks, and train cars can be thrown approximately one mile. EF4 and EF5 tornadoes are considered violent tornadoes. We hope this helps you understand the Fujita scale and how the National Weather Service rates tornadoes. Whenever wind events occur, the National Weather Service sends out a crew to investigate. But not all wind events are tornadoes. Sometimes powerful straight-line winds can cause people to think there was a tornado, but it wasn't. It's up to the crew to determine if there actually was a touchdown and how strong it was, by using the Fujita scale. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. See, I think the Fujita scale is really, really interesting just for the simple fact that they can calculate the strength of a tornado just from damage reports or how the wind goes. I mean, a lot of people think that the, um, you know, like if you get a wind event and you get the trees blown down and stuff, people think it's a tornado and it's really, it might not be a tornado. It could be a straight line wind event oh, yeah. and they get out there, the crews get out there and they see where there's any circulation, that way they know where it touched down. That's 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 how they do it. And I always find it hilarious when I watch weather movies or tornado movies such as Twister, and they're in in the warning at the time, and the weather guy on TV saying it's an F five tornado headed right for you. He, they don't know what it is, no, until later, no. until they go and do their their report, their research. So uh, yeah, and the interesting thing, I I didn't even uh, put this in the weather school because it was getting long. But the F the Fujita scale actually goes way past five. It goes technically all the way up to like eleven or twelve, but it's just basically impossible to to get that. Yeah. Uh, I've always heard of an F six, but I've never heard of anything over that. Really. Yeah, and yeah. They they I was reading also. They it's just not in. It's not practical to do that because when you, if you think about it, if you get a, an EF five, it's going to tear up everything. It's yeah, you're you're talking total destruction. So technically, why even 
think about it. I mean, if you get a 500 mile an hour tornado wind or a 300 tornado mile an hour tornado wind, it's going to do the same thing. It's, it's just, exactly the same with uh, hurricane categories. Yeah, yeah. You get up to Cat Five, and yeah, then it's taking everything in its path, no matter what. Over a Cat Five. And speaking of uh, of hurricane season, we're getting there. Uh, oh, yeah. almost June. That's true. It's June first. Hurricane season officially begins. Now they're watching a a little disturbance off the coast of Florida right, as of right now, ah. and, and uh, that could drop between five and ten inches of rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually earlier in the season, it seems like uh, we might get a, a a stray storm before season actually officially begins, mm-hmm. and they usually do dump a lot of rain. It seems oh, like yeah. earlier, uh, so that's something to watch. We have a. Uh, no uh, actual official tropical depression out there just yet, but it's something that Randy and I will watch this week and and heading into June. So yeah, did they say where it, where it's located? Is it close? I to believe Florida? it said the Florida Panhandle. Oh, okay, coming up there. You know, I think we were talking last week or something. The GFS kind of a week or two ago, the GFS was kind of wanting to bring something in there, but the other models weren't quite latching onto that, and of course, it's long range, and mm-hmm. you just can't pay attention to it, but the GFS has been con- consistent on that, and sure enough, you know, that thing is, I mean, it, this isn't going to be a major hurricane, we're not no, talking no, no. about that, but it is kind of unusual before hurricane season, now, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the waters are warm, we talked about that last week, uh, uh, I, th- I think it could be an active, active season if it keeps up. Well, you know, that's what they say, but it seems like they do say that a lot. Three or four named storms, and and then later on they they'll downgrade that to one or two. Yeah, we we you just don't know. You know, we'll see how the season starts and and if it continues, if it persists. Yeah, and we can have a a heck of a of, of of a hurricane season. Yeah, and everybody needs to join us for that first week of June. We're going to have the special hurricane storm dark weather hurricane edition podcast, and we're going to talk all about hurricanes and you know what the they best. Do. You know what the best hurricanes are? What the ones that go up to the Gulf and dumps about five to ten inches of rain on us. I love those. Yeah, with no wind or anything. Haven't had those in quite a while. Oh, yeah. You know, and the last time one of those happened, they came up, the clouds were so cool. Exactly. Those tropical systems, the the rain was just that fine, hurricane rain, if that's even a word, hurricane mm. yeah. I think I just invented another word. Sure, why not? <laughs> All right, enough of that. I think it's time for the Stormdark Weather Word of the Week. It's the weather word of the week. Hey, I should have played along with that. Huh. I got the keyboard fired up. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week's Stormdar Weather Word of the Week is hydrometeor. That sounds like something you made up, but it's not. No, it's actually not. Uh, hydro, I mean, it's, it, it'll be pretty easy to break down. Hydro meaning water. Mm-hmm. Meteor meaning flying through the air, basically. Uh, so the technical definition of a hydrometeor is a raindrop. A raindrop. That's what it is. When you have a whole bunch of hydrometeors, then you got a whole bunch of raindrops coming down. I just thought that was a cool word. It is. Yeah, hydrometeor. I, I like to say hydrometeor storm. Ooh. Yeah, that cool. Oh yeah, I can get this. There we go. Hydrometeor. <laughs> Put music to it. <laughs> oh my. Well, we hope everyone's had a fantastic Mother's Day, and uh, I mean, I sure did, and I think Corey did too, and all the mothers out there. I mean, it is after Mother's Day, but you know what? 
Sometimes every day is Mother's Day. How about that? It is in my house. <laughs> well, uh, you got anything else? I don't have anything else. Well, let's wrap this thing All up. Right. You want to play us out? Hey, why don't I do that? Why not? Okay, so... Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page, and be sure to like and comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. This is hard to do. <laughs> you can always find us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. This does it for this edition, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.